Hello, my name's Nico Franks. This week's edition comes from Nappy in Miami, which, as the first major content industry event of the year, offers the chance to see what TV trends we could be in store for in 2019 and beyond. It was clear by the amount of first-run shows launched at the event last week that the US syndication market has well and truly bounced back. Meanwhile, the gradual rise in buzz around shows like Live PD, Queer Eye and Surviving R. Kelly has put Unscripted firmly back on the agenda after a few years spent in the shadow of premium dramas. This comes after numerous cable networks in the US have put their focus back onto Unscripted, having decided to bring to an end their expensive dalliances with Scripted. I caught up with Dave Knoll, co-owner of Keller Knoll, the US prodco behind competition and game shows like Chopped and America Says, to discuss how the conversation around Unscripted has shifted and why. We want to create shows that you can sit there and watch with your eight-year-old kid, and if your 88-year-old grandma's over, she can watch them too. And we want to create shows that you can watch in the US or the UK or Australia, or we, we want to see versions all over the place. Yeah. So we would never wish ill on anyone. But one of the things we have been saying to cable executives is, yes, take a bunch of your money, sure, and, and put it into a big ticket project, whether it is a scripted show or whether it is a gigantic doc series that's high end uh, and your narrator is Morgan Freeman I totally get it and we think yes you should take a bunch of your money and do those high end shows but if you're not with the rest of the money come to us and say what's our chopped what's the show that we can do 500 or 5,000 episodes over the course of the next 10 years where it rates again and again and again, and it repeats again and again and again. You can put it on during the day, and it's advertiser-friendly. Um, we just created uh, what we think is going to be the biggest, uh, by, by their order numbers so far, we believe it's the biggest game show in the history of the Game Show Network, which is called America Says. just premiered June 17th of last year. The first order was 65, the second season order was 95, the third season order is, we believe, going to be bigger. Uh, last week it just got over 600,000 uh, in one night, live, you know, not live, but in one night on a Thursday, 600,000 plus viewers on Game Show Network, which is gigantic. That's the type of show that every network should have. Not that every network needs a game show, mind you, but every network should have a, a couple of these repeatable, closed-ended shows that can, that can repeat again and again and again. It's, and it's not just networks like Game Show Network or networks like Food Network or networks like HGTV. But by the way, they're all having a lot of success. But now you th uh, Forged in Fire, even though it's not our show, and even though the format is very, very similar to Chopped, we love that show because it proves what we've kind of been saying, which is that's a fairly low-cost show. And yet, that show is going to be on that network. It could be on hundreds and hundreds of episodes for years to come. And just it, it'll be the gift that keeps on giving. It's not going to pop the two million viewers that Morgan Freeman might. But what does anymore, right? But um, as I say, Chop still gets about a million viewers a pop every single time. It does really well in repeats. Now America Says, which only came out in June, is getting at least 600,000 viewers in prime time at 9 o'clock on the Game Show Network. So it, 
these are shows are, that are the gift that keeps on giving. And so, yes, we're totally thrilled with that. Even the streamers, who made their names with big-budget dramas, are pushing for more and more unscripted fare, which is causing some independent producers in North America to band together in order to help expand each other's global footprints. During the market, Canadian producer-distributor Media Ranch and US counterpart GRB Studios announced a partnership that will see them link up on unscripted IP, new and existing formats, and ready-made factual series for the international market. I swung by the GRB Studios stand on the market floor to speak to Patrice Shogi, its senior VP of International, and Media Ranch president Sophie Ferron to see how they're reacting to the streamer's interest in unscripted. The proliferation of streaming services around the world has opened up more doors for everyone, not just you know unscripted producers, but scripted producers and people with great ideas. You know, as long as there's more outlets for uh, you know content creators and producers, uh, such as both of our companies, it it only helps. And you know, to see in the past five years. Um, the, the true maturing of just the streaming spaces and the new uh, subscription models and what they've done in unscripted. You know, they started off saying we only do high-end premium scripted and dramas and that sort of thing. And, you know, obviously, like anything, it kind of matures and over time they see that there's a need and, and people really do respond and, and have an appetite for unscripted programming, whether it's reality or high-end docs or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever genre we're talking about. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, as Disney Plus and you know Warner Media and you know everybody else and even all the Avod platforms that are about to pop up. It's just going to create more outlets and more opportunity for uh, you know independent producers and distributors such as ourselves. Uh, the only problem is, it, is does it come at the peril of you know the rights conversation and and retaining your IP and you know it, it's it's becomes one of those things where you then weigh the opportunities against you know the pros and cons uh, to selling to services like that and the rights that they do need and do restrict down the road. Is that a conversation that lots of people are having this year about that dilemma, I guess, between, you know, if you sell to an SVOD, you're essentially a, uh, a work, you know, a producer for hire rather than retaining your IP? The whole point of creating uh, this uh, co-venture was to retain IP because it uh, just makes more sense. It's like being an um, uh, owner and a, and a tenant. So it's a it's a big difference. So um, I feel that st uh, streaming services now, how, however, are more open into sharing territories. Netflix recently it was more open to leaving some territories off the table and some deals. Not all the time, though. But they're more open and they're more open to international formats than ever before. I feel that the international market now is like the new local because everybody wants that new um, international uh, obscure hit. In, uh, from a, an obscure country because it's the new thing and I think it's really exciting for content that it, the content now travels way way better than it used to. I also headed up to the NBC Universal International Suite shortly after the company announced its deal to bring reality cookery show Top Chef to Brazil and I spoke with Anna Langenberg, NBCU International's Senior Vice President of Format Sales and Production about how the company is looking to satisfy the streamer's appetite for unscripted. They want to have content, they want to have content that feels local uh, and content that feels original uh, to them. Uh, although uh, they also want to have brands that they know people people like, they could uh, they could work on their, on their platforms. But you know, it is still that tug of war uh, in terms of rights and uh, getting the right balance between you know rights and fees. 
um, and it, it makes the whole thing complex uh, for us in the format business specifically because a lot of the shows that um, that we may want to to, uh, to offer to them are shows that are existing brands that we have already uh, sold in several territories so you know we have issues with rights and you know the kind of the overlapping of uh, of, the, of these rights and finding the you know the solution but you know it, but for us it's exciting to have uh, to have you know a clients uh, new clients uh, for us uh, on the market of course it brings new opportunities but it is it is the question of finding um, getting to know each other I think because I think um, it's a different conversation that you have with uh, with the SVOD platforms you know in uh, with linear broadcasters it's about finding time slots it is you know a finding you know where are you, when is this going to air and uh, the budget for the year and the budget for that particular time slot whereas uh, Netflix approaches uh, their commissions in a very different way uh, you know for for the obvious for the obvious reasons but um, and uh, and and they do have you know they are able to invest on a, on a lot of local local content but their expectations of what they get for it is very high in terms of you know the the length of the of the license and uh, the amount of territories, yeah. and that's that's you know it's a, it's a difficult um, balance to find, but uh, but it's one that you know I think we'll we'll find you know slowly we are finding uh, finding the way uh, to work together. But it wasn't all conversations about unscripted going on in Miami. There were plenty of companies shopping new drama projects, including Dopamine, the independent studio from Mexican television giant TV Azteca. It's preparing a big-budget historical drama about Spanish conquistador Hernán Cortés, which it describes as the most ambitious Spanish-language series ever. Dopamine's director of content, Amaya Maruzabal, was behind the idea for the show and told me about the producer's plan to embrace the controversy around the story. It was a very difficult project in terms of... Uh, of how to focus that, how to tell this story, because it's a very hurtful story for the Mexican and Latin American side. And it's also a very unknown story for the Spanish audience at the same time, because we haven't been able to talk about it. And this is the, what makes very difficult to, to have bridges behind, because we really feel it's something very close to us. So it was a very difficult idea in terms of how to focus this and what we discovered was that Hernan Cortes uh, uh, was a very polemic and controversial uh, historical character and he was a different person for everyone so we discovered that when we were uh, on a table and what do you think about Hernan Cortes and everyone has his own opinion so because we cannot deny that, that he was a brilliant mind we cannot deny that he really tried to change things in the Spanish court. We cannot deny that he had some uh, some children with Mexican uh, Mexican women, and he really fought for their fight for their rights in the Spanish court. But at the same time, we cannot deny what happened in terms of mass murdering in, in Mexico, in terms of what has been a, 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 a terrible consequences of what happened there. So, 
So all, all these points of views were on the table. So uh, the only thing we could say, and when we, we, we went to see where he was buried, we discovered that it was only his name, Hernan Cortez, the date of birth and the date of dying, he died. So it was like, okay, we do not know what to say right from the beginning. It's like, we do not know what is to say. So we decided to embrace that. Like, okay, if it, he's a controversial character, we are going through the controversial statement. And this is what we've done. And this is why the story, it's a polyedric story full of perspectives. And we are going to discover that Hernan Cortes is completely different for each of the characters in the series. So the main, main question remains, who's Hernan Cortes? And this is why he's a very, very contemporary character, because he is full of bright sides and dark sides. Meanwhile, Spanish-language US non-for-profit broadcaster HITN was in Miami gearing up to launch its new SVOD app for preschoolers. I spoke with the company's head of television and digital service, Gumero Sierra, about what the service hopes to provide to the US Hispanic market. When we face this new revolution where kids are totally migrating into the digital platforms, we understood that we needed to create a brand new service that could really serve those purposes. So we started doing a lot of research of what was out there and what was available especially for the Hispanic families uh, and as you know in this country uh, Hispanics are growing in numbers every single day but not by immigration as many people like to believe but it's really by birth 99% uh, of the Hispanic babies in this country are American citizens and they were already born here and one out of every three babies being born in the United States today is Hispanic so there's a huge um, massive population that are growing in that area and we really need to serve them and help them achieve the same level Hispanic kids by definition arrive to school several months behind their peers uh, and, and that's something very very sad and very difficult that marks their academic life for always and, and eventually will have a, a big social impact because you will have a, a big chunk of population who comes from a, a less prepared socioeconomic level. So for that purpose we created this VOD service, SVOD service. We call it EDI. EDI is uh, spelled E-D-Y-E. It's the contraction from the slogan of HITN which is Educa y Entretiene, Educates and Entertains. We have kept that slogan for many, many years and, uh, and we wanted to make this service a lot more personal, a lot more in close, in touch with the, with, with not only with the children but with their parents. We did a, a, a tremendous amount of research talking with parents all across the country and, and we learned several things. One is that they, uh, they want the BOD services or SBOD services to have a lot more of carefully curated content. They, they do want some well-known characters, but they're a lot more interested in knowing that the properties have been handpicked and that they're carefully chosen for their educational values and there's something positive is going to come out of there. We also learned that they want to have more control on how many hours the kids watch and what is that they're watching and everything else. They even want the ability to turn on enough properties that they don't want to the, the kid to see because maybe, maybe it's perfectly appropriate, but they have a personal dislike and they don't want to have it. And very importantly, they, want, they felt very guilty of just giving a device to a child and have the child be connected to the device for a couple of hours with, with no interaction. So they wanted to find elements of interactivity, not only for the child to play with the device, but for the parent to have an involvement in the service. So we gather all that information and we responded with what Eddie is today. So Eddie is going to be a platform, an SBLD platform 
It has, we have been uh, in negotiations with some of the top global producers of educational preschool content. We are obliging ourselves to the mission of, of highly curating every single show and making sure that every single thing that we pick is, is very carefully chosen. We are uh, including some elements of interactivity like video, uh, in addition to the videos we're having games and some uh, little electronic books. But most importantly, we have built a whole section which has been a tremendous amount of, of, of uh, research and work and, and production because we're actually doing some of them in video which is what we call the educational parents uh, educational guidelines and these are elements so that the parents can actually read a little bit about each episode that the kid is watching and proposes activities for the families to do at home with the kid based on what they just watch in the episode and that is something that we know that the parents will be able to use so that the content is less passive and it becomes more of a what this episode and let's let's talk why did this happen why do you think this character had this problem what will you have done if you have done it differently has this ever happened to you is there anybody at your school that does xyz it opens what the parents really want which is a window to the mind of the child and a window of communication so that's the overall structure uh, the, the business model for it is very simple. We're going to sell it through the cable operators or through the satellite distributors. Uh, we believe that, uh, that that's the best route to market. We don't want to go directly to consumer. And uh, we have seen a lot of interest and a lot of enthusiasm from the, from the different operators. I think nobody has told us that they're not interested. I mean, I, I think it's more of a matter of timing and when they're available and all those things. But we're seeing a very nice response. We're first to market. There's nothing similar to it in the U.S. Hispanic market, so that's very important. And, uh, and the combination of the backup of great content that we have, the amount of work that we have developed in, into the platform, and the... A, a reach that we have through the operators. I mean, it's, it's, it's bound to really fulfill its mission of serving our audience the way it should. And so primarily it's made up of acquisitions at the moment. Um, right in terms of the balance with original content in the future, is that something you're, you're looking to add? We would love to be able to move into, into original productions and in co-productions, uh, baby steps. <laughs> we, we were starting with acquisitions, we need to start that way, but definitely something that we, that we has, it's, it's a clear part of our, uh, our future plans is to get involved into regional productions and co-productions. That's all we have time for on this week's episode, but you can read more about what went down at Nappy last week on our website now, while keeping up to date with all the industry developments by following C21 online, on mobile, and on Twitter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>